0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 383 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Seth Rod Olive, and we have the full crew here this week kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Richard, how are you this fine Monday? Hey Seth, finally recovered from one preview season straight into more previews. (laughs) <laughs> it, it never it never ends it never ends we're through the main set of uh commander legends too we have the pre-cons coming up we got alchemy spoilers going on double masters i don't know probably starts in a few days who, who knows there's just always new magic cards uh we also have another co-host in crim Krim, how are you today i'm great just got back from fanime so i uh, had might gone to my first
1: convention in a minute and uh yeah uh ready to continue spoiler season
0: uh, and that's gonna be one of our big topics for today. So uh, the big thing going on in the Magic World is really still Commander Legends 2. So now that we got the full main set, we want to give some overall thoughts, impressions on the set. There's also a few more cards we've talked about a lot of them. There's a Commander Clash podcast coming up with like our top ten cards. But there's a few cards we haven't really talked about that I think are interesting. So we want to talk about those. Also, there's a bit of Moto news about the set, some Arena news about the set, and about Alchemy. And then of course we got some fish mail questions that have been piling up over the last couple weeks. So we'll get to some of those as well. Before we jump into it, a quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And we've been telling you about Card Conduit, a great way to sell your Magic Collection, and their curated shipment service that lets you sell your valuable cards with a reduced service fee for a while now. As long as your cards have a retail value of $2 or more, you can send in as many as you want and still just pay a 5% service fee. And like with all of Card Conduit services, you don't got to sort your cards. You don't get to grade your cards. You get to skip over all those hassles and just safely package everything up and ship it out. And you'll even get a detailed report with the results. So you can check out Card Conduit's curated shipment option is a way to buy list cards with fast processing, optimized prices, and the low, low service fee of just 5%. And you can even get another 10% off by heading over to cardconduit.com slash MTG Goldfish. Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your Magic cards. So thank you so much to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And let's talk. A little bit of Commander Legends, Battle for Baldur Gate. And before we get to these individual cards, we got the full main set. It's all out. We still got Commander Precon spoilers coming up over the next couple of days. But I'm really curious where both of you are at with this set. Now that we got the full picture of this set, what's your initial reaction to what the set is, its power level, all that kind of stuff? Well, what do you guys think about Commander Legends 2? Oh boy. Okay, so
1: I have some words about the set. At first, I was really excited. You know, there's, there's some good stuff on there. There's Elder Brain. There's, there's, you know, Altar of Ball. And then, of course, Intellect Devourer and Tasha, right? These are, these are all cards that I think are pretty cool. And I think that it's totally fine to have sets where there's just maybe no cards for me to enjoy. Right. But am I, am I just, I, I tweeted this out, but I feel like I might have been conditioned to power creep in that. I feel like this set is a bust like it just doesn't seem that fun to me like it it, like I I don't know D&D personally right so for me I'm sure there's tons of flavor wins for people and I'm happy that this is there for them but when I look at this set personally just from an outsider's perspective of like not knowing D&D just typical magic stuff this seems like a huge bust this is nowhere near the power level of Commander Legends 1. And and I'm not talking like Hullbreacher or anything like that. I'm talking about at the mid and the lower levels, right? Because Commander uh, Commander Legends 1 brought us the Will cycle, uh which like, you know, Chromas Will, all those cards you even had the Courts. Uh there was tons of cool commanders of like different power levels. Uh and it just felt like Commander Legends 1 gave a lot for everybody at all tiers of power level. And this set just feels like, I don't know, if there was a starter deck in 2022 or a pre-con that you could buy at Target, that's what this whole set
2: feels like. That may be a bit harsh. I I mean, I I, I see where Krim is coming from, right? I think the set comes down to the Elder Dragons. Like, all the dragons, I think, are actually pretty sweet. Uh, But then the the drop-off is pretty high. Uh, The rest of the cards are kind of mediocre. And then white... Gets like a whole bunch of staples for some reason uh so i can see where that's going but i don't think that's bad like i don't think we need to power creep the format every single time i actually think the dragons are kind of power creepy in the sense that you hit and you snowball the game out of control and like do we need more of those kind of cards but i think it's okay that we have kind of just like weird flavor cards and you know you might have only a card or two for your deck uh, I think that's the way Commander should be played, but I don't know how it's going to sell product. Uh, so hopefully the draft portion carries it, but I think it's fine. I think it's I just, just the not like d portion. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't like the flavor of it. I'm not a and d fan, so kind of man.
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I'd love to try D&D, but yeah, like that's generally how what I think is going
0: to have to sell the set, right? The D&D part of it. That's kind of where I ended up. I think... I don't even think there's an argument that the power level is definitely lower than the first commander legends. I do think that, especially on the top end, that's a good thing. Like I don't really want more jeweled lotuses, even like Jessica's will uh, whole breacher. Those are cards that I don't think were healthy for the format. So I'm glad to see a set like this, that isn't just going to dump a bunch of broken cards out in there. And it even gives me a little hope that maybe wizards. I don't know, has learned something, and the next Modern Horizon set will not have the most busted top end cards. So I think that's a good thing. But I also have really struggled with the flavor of the set because I'm not a D&D player, and part of what I really, really liked about the first Commander Legends is just all the all the MTG in jokes and like old characters coming back. You got another kadama of the whatever tree. You got a new Akroma. There's all these like old magic characters, so even cards I didn't care about we're kind of interesting from a from a magic player's perspective. I assume that the new commander legends is also like that, but you got to know d d to get the in jokes. I actually asked this on my Twitter, and a lot of d d people were like, yeah, like there's a ton of cool stuff in here if you know d d like this card having this mechanic makes so much sense and it's so flavorful and cool, but I just don't know that. So I think I'm in the position where like I don't know. The flavor of this set just isn't designed for me. It's designed for D&D players, not for, like, hardcore long-term Magic players. I do think the power level is, it, it, it's low, but I'm kind of with Richard, where I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, although I do wonder how well it's going to well, sell. Like, I uh, maybe a ton of D&D players buy it, and that's where it goes, but I'm not sure, like, I, I don't know. I don't know who's going to buy it for sure at this point.
1: It's not just, like, that the power level is low. It's also like it just feels like, you know, a Forgotten Realms felt like yeah. it, would, it just felt lackluster. The mechanics themselves just don't feel that great. Right. But With I wonder d d uh, set. I want I wish we had better dungeons. This would have been a set to improve your dungeons initiative seems kind of cool, but seems kind of lackluster here and there. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe that's how just because like from what I do know of D&D right? Roll for initiative. That's like one of the biggest things you hear all the time. I thought initiative would have been a pretty big player in something, right? Uh, on top of that, the, the design of some of the cards, like you think back to the last set, we had Obeka or Obika, I'm not sure. But yeah, you had Obeka, Obika, you had, you know, Sakashima and you had the the nine mana spells, right? We're not just talking the whole breachers. We're not talking just Jessica Will Jessica's will. We're talking about all the cool things like Encore, you've got all these creatures, you've got the the Sphinx that gives you an additional upkeep. You've got wrong turn. You've just got cool and, like, interesting designs, right, on
2: cards. These just feel like vanilla creatures. Yeah, the mechanics suck. I, I think, like, that's it, right? Like, who cares about initiative? You are like, I don't care about dungeons, right? And, you know, here's this mechanic I can only use if you're, like, pretty much going all out on dungeons. And then, like, background, yeah. is that even a mechanic, right? Like, now I get to put enchantments in my command zone like it's there's no new mechanic here to get us excited so i can see like from but, a like mechanics perspective it's like pretty lackluster right and then we have like more adventures for some reason so like i don't know
0: i think i agree with crim on that i i will say though maybe some of that stuff really hits it out of the park for DD players like because i think the flavor on that stuff like the background stuff even the initiative stuff uh, it is pretty D and So hopefully, uh, maybe there's a way they could have done it with the power level being more exciting, but I do think the flavor is good. I think one thing I would, I guess, criticize is a lot of the new legends just feel boring to me, like not even power level concern. Cause some of my favorite legends from the first commander legends were not especially strong. They were just really unique. We had like blim, for example, was just really weird. <laughs> Again, we had like gore murdlock. We had Hans Erickson these are not like top tier, strong CDH commanders. They're just really unique designs. And I think we got a a few of those in the new set, but really the number of them, I feel like is a lot lower than the first commander Legends. So I don't know, low powered and maybe, I don't know, just not super, it's not exciting to me. Commander legends. The first one, when I saw those legends, it was just really exciting. This one, not to say it's bad or anything, but, it just didn't excite me in the same way that the first one did and i also wonder if it's partly the product of just getting so many sets like maybe when you're going from spoiler season to spoiler season from set to set maybe it's harder to to be hyped for every single set maybe it's just not possible also the reprints were kind of a, a, a dud i think the lands are good but the first set had mana drain i had vampiric tutor had scroll rack had all these like hundred dollar cards that people were like whoa i gotta open this set to get these cards the new one has got lands and then and like a Kindred couple of Discovery. twenty-five, and those are going to crash like five bucks or something because they're mostly expensive just because there weren't that many of them out there because they hadn't been reprinted right. before. We didn't get those big high-end staple reprints either. So, like, what are the and good also reasons? these
1: these the it, lands which should already so the, be in the decks? By the <laughs> we, way, we like have the pre-condex, the, pre-con the
2: Battle Bond lands. We have Reflecting the, Pool. We have Kindred Discovery Blade of Selves. Is that yeah? It? And then you. That's, oh,
1: uh, I mean, you have some pretty decent stuff at the uncommon area, like swift foot boots. Um, and, and uh, Nature's like
0: that, lore, but. Nature's lore, Swiftfoot boots. So there's a few good uncommons, but as far as higher rarity stuff, I guess Bramble Sovereign was actually like twenty dollars, but that's another card. Uh, the problem I have with the reprints: the reprints in the first set were like legit staples, uh, Demonic Tutor or Vampire Tutor, Mana Drain, uh, stuff that everyone's playing in Commander. The good reprints in this set: Blade of Selves, Kinder Discovery, Bramble Sovereign. They were cards that were. Actually kind of expensive, but they were just expensive because it was like, oh, it's printed once in Battle Bond. So the price just kept creeping up. But I've never seen anyone play Bramble's and I've played it a couple times in Panor Monacondex, but it's not really a staple. So the prices are gonna drop. So yeah, the lands are good, but otherwise, I don't know. I was expecting more, especially with the overall power level not being like super high, I was thinking maybe the way they would use it was like, hey, here's a demonic tutor, here's a mana drain, like here's these high end refrences, but they didn't really do that either. So I don't know. It's a it's a weird set to me. It does look fun though. I think limited. So would be good.
1: right like right now after we've seen everything, d- launch day, are you buying a box or would you just buy a few singles?
0: I mean, I'm a I'm a degenerate when it comes to opening boxes, so. <laughs> I would probably still crack a box, but I think that, I I know that that's incorrect, but I just, I love cracking, I love cracking packs.
2: I'm going to go to the draft tables and ask for the common and uncommon white card draw spells, and be like, yo, I'm done with the set. <laughs> <laughs> I've got every
1: Commander of Legends two card I need. <laughs> I, mean, I think realistically, that's it,
2: right? Like, I think we like I don't need the lands, right? And I don't want dragons, so I think I actually just want the common and uncommon. So, yeah, it's a, kind of a pass for me, right? <laughs> On Baldur's Gate.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I've I mentioned all the cards I want, which is a total of four cards, and like that's a lot for me. I, I think that's great. If if I can get four cards to play, I'm very happy. But. It's just unfortunate. There's nothing else in the set that makes me want to build something, and I don't know. It's again like w- w- none of us here really play or love D and D, right? So I mean, that's all, I don't know. Let us know, I guess, in the comments or tweet us or something like that. Like, did they nail it with initiative? Because I'm not really sure. I, I I initiative seems lackluster to me. As I look I at say- it more
0: there's there's way more than four cards i want from the set. i do i think you guys are maybe a little lower on it than i am like i there are some neat cards in there that i could imagine throwing in my deck but just for me comparing it to like the first commander legends is where it really where it really doesn't look that great i guess it, yeah. i was expecting another commander legends the original and instead yeah. this is more adventures in the forgotten realm but for commander because <laughs> <it, it, it, laughs> afr was like <laughs> pretty afr dlc too. Yeah it, yeah, it really, really is. is. Yeah. <laughs> the money grab <laughs>
2: DLC. Don't get it. <laughs> uh, I mean, so we're, we're gonna find out how strong. Like we can't call for like not power creep and then poo-poo every set that's not powerful, right? So I don't know what's gonna win out here. I I don't know. I hope Draft carries it. If it's a flop product, I don't know what Wizards will do. Will they just turn up Commander Legends three to like you know, replace the entirety of the format with like eight docksides. Like, so I I don't know. But <laughs> You know, Dockside could have been in here, by the way. <laughs> the difference between this and the original is we have so <laughs> many commander products now, right? So I can see why they don't want to load this up, right? Because we have uh the Warhammer precons coming up. Like every standard set has like a bunch of commander staples and then <laughs> Uh, double masters. So I can see why they don't want to load up on, like, you know, they don't want to use all their firepower on this set. I can see that. Like, they're saving Dockside for a secret layer or double masters or whatever, so I, I can see that.
1: Like, yeah. I mean, I I, I guess, but I, I don't know. You gotta have some kind of cool design, right? I, I think the main thing here is just because this is a and d set and the dungeons all sucked from AFR, right? So, and nothing here the dragon part. The dragon's is 4 2 So, this is dragon's like this is a con's block this is yeah. <laughs> this is dragon's mate. oh okay dope i don't know i mean yeah the flavor is just like uh, th- th- there's a lot of flavor here there's a lot of flavor here and and you know what
0: i'm happy for the people that can enjoy that though so uh that's great <sighs> and i would rather have Non-broken Commander Legends, so I I am celebrating that. I'm celebrating that Wizards toned it down, but maybe they went a little too far. Well, let's—I think I'd put it that way. Like maybe the next one hits the happy medium where the power level is just right. Because I think the first one was too strong. This one maybe not strong enough, but maybe that means Commander Legends three is just going to be the perfect set in every way. I mean, I feel like Commander Legends
1: outside of like maybe Hallbreacher was like—was it really that broken?
0: Mm, I mean, whole Breacher, Jewel Lotus, Lotus, partner is not pairs that, good. that are like <laughs> kind of dominating Cdh like Kerrick and Shakashima, and like that's how it was pretty busted. I, I view it similarly to it's Modern powerful. Horizons too.
1: It's powerful, I believe that, but I don't know if
2: it was busted. <sighs> What do you think, Richard? I, I think it's the most powerful set for Commander, and I think that makes it busted. Like, I I see what Crim, is. Crim wants more power, so he doesn't think it's busted, but I think it is the most powerful Commander thing we've gotten, and well, I would rather I, We don't need more power. Do without I just, it. I think, like, like, if it
1: falls short of the first one, that's fine, but not this short. Right? Like, this is like <laughs>
2: very far. Like, the gap between the two, as you'd mentioned earlier, is huge. Like, I, I, I want to roll back magic design by like 10 years. I don't like power because <laughs> we don't play any games anymore. We just snowball out of control. And, like, why answer anything? You just present your own combos. So, I would actually rather not I don't know have every creature single handedly win the game and, <laughs> you know, be difficult to remove, can't be countered, hexproof, whatever. Right? Like, I'd rather just have some beaters. You remove it, good job. And then you play another one and then you fight back and forth. So I'd rather roll back. <laughs> is not is
1: that isn't that Baldur's Gate?
2: <laughs> no, because you get hit by these dragons. The game is over, right? So it's still that Sure. Like, it's still the, it's, just, just... it's just it's just it snowballs at seven mana, right? But it's still one of those you cannot get hit by these.
1: Well, if for seven I, mana, I, I want that right. Like, I, I think you got to get that. The problem that is, you can get seven mana on
2: turn four, like easy peasy, right? <laughs> and like, if you did not uh,
0: draw your four ramp pieces, then you just lost, right? So, uh. Uh, is there is a problem with that though? The the seven drops or the ramp? <laughs> like, like I don't know. I feel like combines, once you're getting to seven or eight mana, yeah. <laughs>
1: that's why that's, that's land true. destruction is fine.
0: I don't know. I kind of ben. feel like. <laughs> really push seven and eight mana cards are fine with me. Like once you're up to the the crater hoof range of yeah. like commander, like who cares? Like who cares? You're gonna play something busted with that amount of mana, whether it's a dragon or a crater hoof or an Avicen or some sort of ultimatum or whatever genesis wave. Like who does it really interaction? Does it really make a difference which one it is? That's why I think it's silly that like coalition victories banned or whatever. Like seriously, yep. like there's, just, there's no. There's no shortage
1: of degeneracy when it comes to win cons, right? There's there's a lot there in magic. My my thing here is like, yeah, like just look at the set underneath the dragons, and there's nothing for a very what what you can do font of magic me. Okay, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: not bad. So so oh, get out of (laughs) here, Richard. That card is caca. So we've, we've talked about a lot of Commander Legends cards between the last podcast, upcoming Commander Clash podcast. But there's a handful of cards that I think are kind of interesting that we haven't talked about yet. And oh, yeah. I kind of want your guys' opinions on. So let's, let's go through a few cards. Richard, why don't you guide us through a few more Commander Legends spoilers? All right. As a reminder, you can
2: find them all on mtgpreviews.com. Uh, so let's start off with Blood Money. Five black, black, so seven mana sorcery. Destroy all creatures. For each non-token creature destroyed this way, you create a tapped treasure token.
0: Is this card good? Is this card a good card? It's a seven mana wrath, which at first makes me think, okay, that's not very good. Like Decree of Pain... I know we still play it on occasion, but it's a card that I used to play way more a few years ago, and I consistently find myself playing it less and less because it's so much mana. This is in that same range, but it also gives you a huge reward. Just like Pain draws you a ton of cards, this is going to make a ton of treasure tokens, which I guess you could say, maybe this isn't a wrath. It's a a brasses bounty with the upside of blowing up a bunch of creatures, but you're really playing it to make a bunch of treasures in your treasure deck. How good is Blood Money? Oh, so... I
1: like Blood Money. It's medium. It is very expensive. It's making tap treasure so I can't sweep the board redeploy, right? So that's pretty big. So this is a deck that this is going to really only go into a deck that just wants the treasure. So I think something that's maybe running Revel and Riches, uh, That that's about it really. Other than that, I mean, I'm not loading Blood Money into all my decks that have black mana because I
2: would actually rather play Decree of Pain yeah it's a synergy piece if you need like big mana like you're exsanguinating people or something like that right or if you need the treasures like marionette master uh revel and riches you play this but yeah not in a generic deck like seven like toxic deluge three mana blood money seven right like this is like nigh impossible to cast and you don't even get treasures for token creatures so i think it's a a synergy piece
0: not just a generic wrath that you can get value with i think that's where i'm at too like if you really care about treasures or maybe the ramping then it's probably good but in a random deck i'm not cutting my damnations or toxic deluges for the seven mana is just that's a that's a, a decent amount and it could be too slow in a lot of situations but what about the next two, let's say you're playing crux of fate do you play crux of fate or yes. blood money I I, that's where it's in the conversation. I'm kind of man Crux unless I'm a dragon deck. Like once I'm already casting it for five or six mana, well, uh, your wrath. Then I'm kind of like, well, it's already expensive, so then I might as well just decree of pain. I might as well just blood money. So I think that if we're gonna tier rank black wrath's, this would be in the next group. I don't know how i would rank it. It's probably behind decree of pain in a generic deck. Every deck is gonna be happy to draw a bunch of cards. Not I mean I guess every deck's also gonna be fine with having more mana, but unless you actually have treasure synergies, I think I would rather decree of pain and refill my hand than blood money and have extra mana.
1: And decree of pain has the cycling option, right? So that yep. that's nice. Whereas this is just always going to be a hard seven mana. So Alright. Next up, Intellect Devourer,
2: three in a black. Oh. It's a 2-4 creature horror. Uh, first ability, Devour Intellect. Uh, when it ETBs, each opponent exiles a card from their hand until it leaves. Body Thief, you may play land cards and cast spells from among cards exiled. With it, if you cast a spell this way, you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color.
1: <laughs> First off, look at how cute this little guy is. He's adorable. He's it's like a, a brain, brain with arms. Up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is what I will feel like I have while I'm sitting there casting this, because it's gonna be sweet. Now, yes, opponent will be exiling. So this is uh this will have its synergies in card, like decks like Umbras, and it's a horror, so naturally it'll go in there. But. I do also like this because, I mean, you can play whatever, right? This includes lands, and now everybody mocks me for not getting my <laughs> uh, past my third land. But when I do, this will help me get to lands, like, you know, 5, 6, and 7. Or something to get from their hand. I mean, I don't know. I like that it just gives me—it's it, like a—I don't know. What, what's that discard spell you always play, Richard? But, like, I guess I get it on top of a body, it's basically, it's like basically, Siphon Mind. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is.
2: Siphon Mind. There you, it is. You draw from your opponent's decks instead of your deck, right? Yeah. Ah, well,
0: even even worse than that because you're drawing from your opponent's hand, right? Hand, so that So right. that's the one thing I don't like about this which card. card. To give you, right right if you've ever seen that makes it very much like siphon mind in the sense that when you resolve a siphon mind your opponents are going to try to discard their worst card so the only downside of this card is you are getting the three worst cards from your opponent's hands essentially i don't think that makes it bad it's still essentially etb draw three and you can play lands off of it and you could blink it or panoramonic on it or yarak it like there's definitely synergies in the horror synergy so i think it's a cool card but I expect the cards that you actually get with this most of the time are not gonna be great. Oh no no, they don't
1: need to be. You just need to let send the message that I'm here to bother your hand. And the thing here <laughs> The is, message the message will be sent. Yes. yes the message yes. is strong. As I said, the brain will be huge. I will be sitting there with the most massive like brain from pulsing from my skull.
2: The best part of this card is it's like a crab brain thing, right? Like (laughs) the art is crazy. It's like the the,
1: sweet. It's like the liquor from Resident Evil, but you know, but like just its head is all of its body.
2: (laughs) Um, There's our Resident Evil secret layer. If we need one of these,
1: I honestly, seriously,
2: all right, we do. Next up, uh, Lazale's Acrobatics, three and a white at instant. Exile all non token creatures you control, then roll a d20. Return those creatures to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step if your result is 1 to 9. If your result is 10 to 20, return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control, then exile them again. Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So basically, double blink. 10 to 20, uh one to nine, single blink. Isn't this hey. card busted
0: in blink decks? Like, people already play eerie interlude or ghost way or whatever. Like this card seems insane to me. Like, if you if you high roll and it's not even that high of a roll, it's like 10 to 20. So you're what 50% plus to actually hit it? Like I don't you're know, re-triggering all your ETBs, <laughs> and then you're blinking your board, and then you're getting it back. Plus, if they stay away until end of turn, so it's also Wrath Protection. I feel like people are sleeping on this card, and this card is, like, sneakily one of the strongest cards in the set if you're in some sort of Blink-style archetype. It is a very
1: sweet Blink effect. Um, I, 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 It is obviously one mana more than Eerie Interlude and, and whatnot, but, like, I think that's... That's fine if you like chancing it. I think that's pretty it's like a fun card. I think it's a very fun card uh just because of that RNG aspect, the die roll. Um uh, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's very good. I think it's it's probably one of the most actually like the the most powerful cards that isn't one of the
2: dragons from the set. Yeah, your Interludes usually the best card in your deck when you're playing it. So at one mana more and 50% chance of getting like two eerie interludes, I think this is insane. So I think it's not as hype because I don't know people just don't like blink decks, and you have a million ways to blink. But this this is like four mana draw ten or something, right? Like based off all your ETVs. Yeah. So uh, I think Seth is right. I think this card's insane.
0: Do you play in your mana white decks, Richard? Is this like blinking Spirited Companion and stuff? Like, Ooh. so I, I usually play like a
2: single Ephemerate or something like that, right? Should I play a single Eerie Interlude or Lazelle's Acrobatics?
0: Uh, well, Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Because, because so much to acts as protection. a protection spell,
2: which you can hold up and like, you know, for one mana protect as well, right? Without, you know, getting value. Right. Yeah. This this cannot do that, right? This you need explicitly get value. So it's gonna depend on how many blink creatures you have.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. If it's just spirited companion, it's probably not enough. You probably need more than that. But if you can stack up a, a few spirited companions, that maybe it's so what I think your Sun Titan has a good ETB. There's that random you know, ramp creatures All to your catch ramp up creatures, ramp creatures. So. Yeah.
2: All your ramp creatures, you're gonna re-trigger uh welcoming vampire. So I think this probably has a shot in just like a generic white deck if you're if you're playing around the the weenie theme.
1: I mean it like the, the thing here is assuming that you don't have like Teferi's protection, this is probably like a probably one of the best blink spells you can probably add, right? This returns end spells.
2: end step? Yeah.
0: Yeah so you can, yeah. so it gets around a wrath or farewell or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, me too. Uh next up, we have fraying line. For generic mana artifact, when it ETBs, put a rope counter on target creature you control. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player may pay 2. If they do, they put a rope counter on a creature they control. Otherwise, exile fraying line and each creature without a rope counter on it.
0: Then remove all rope counters from all creatures. So I had to add this to the list because I had to ask Richard about it because I always associate you with these four mana colorless rats. Like you play more boom piles than anyone I have ever seen. Is. Is this in the conversation even for being removal, like that colorless removal slot? Or is it just way too inconsistent and janky? So,
2: so if you don't want to wrath, you just pay two mana and then you rope up your creature, right? And it protects it and delays the wrath. So like, how is this a wrath in any way? It's not. Yeah, I guess maybe it's a tax effect more than a wrath. Like you have to rely on turn order, right? Like the person going next, you hope they want to wrath. And then the person going after them is the one that doesn't want the rat, so they will trigger it. But this and this only hits creatures. This is like a lot of hoops to jump through to do something that <laughs> like barely works, and probably because it's in your opponent's control. So I don't think this will work unless you can team up with the buddy. Uh, so I I actually don't even consider this like a playable card in
0: <laughs> in any sense. <laughs> So just bad then. Flav- maybe flavorful, but not not very good. Like what yeah, are you I hoping think- happens? Like you rope a creature,
2: everyone else doesn't? And you get a creature? Or like everyone ropes everything and you've accomplished nothing? Like what do you <laughs> what's what the expected think- outcome here? <laughs>
0: Uh, I think you got to be hoping you can like politic your way into it. Be like, okay, I got Frank line. If I play this, will you not, will you not pay for it, Richard? So we can get rid of Tomer's stuff or whatever. Like, I, I think that's the best case scenario. But even that seems like a lot of work to actually have it turn out the way you want it to. Yeah, okay. that's Let's probably. Say you're playing my... Blue? Would you play this
2: over fadeaway? I think I would take my chances with fadeaway.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> no,
2: I, I, okay, fadeaway. all right. I
1: don't know about that. <laughs> fadeaway is still it's not no really good yeah it's no floodgate i'll tell you that i i don't know i mean this I, the only reason why i i want i would ever want to play this is just to meme with i'm i'm roping i'm roping i'm roping <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's it that like other than that i don't know is this is this actually good no probably
0: i not. mean you got you got boom pile and nev's disc right and then yeah. you got the exile one that's super expensive, that's in historic. I can't yeah. remember. Perilous. Perilous fall. Perilous fall. So I think this is pretty low tier, even for, like, colorless sweepers. And it's not even a full sweeper. So, yeah. All right. Let's 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 go with bad.
2: All right. Uh, Monster manual. Three and a green artifact. It's an adventure card. So the adventure part is a zoological study. Two a green sorcery. Build five cards. Then return a creature card. Build this way to your hand and then the second part is one and a green tap you may put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield and that's four mana to cast
0: oh so so the question i have for both of you for this one is how much does being an adventure card improve this because this is very similar to like quicksilver amulet for example or you could even argue an elvish piper in artifact form those are cards that see so playing very specific decks, but you don't just jam into any deck. Is the like mill some cards in cycle part, is that enough to make this into a green staple? I had a few people ask me that, is this a new green staple? Should I just put this in every every one of my green decks? Assuming you're, no, you're, you're green, you're gonna have some big creatures. Do you think it's that kind of card or is this more of a, a Quicksilver Amulet where it's like, okay, I'm playing Maya of the Anima and I'm full of big creatures and my whole gimmick is trying to cheat these huge things into play. So I'm gonna play Monster Manual.
1: Oddly enough, I think that the mill is nice. Um, I, I, I think that it curves nicely. It fills the slot in, uh, where you may have n- probably not had anything, right? I, I think I kind of like that. We've already learned before. I won't, I won't undervalue like what a, like a, an adventure card will do because I mean, at the end of the day, stomp was just a shock, right? But it was a shock attack that could also become a four three. So. I don't know. I, I I think this is good.
2: Uh, I mean, it's six mana to deploy something from your hand. So whatever you're casting needs to be a lot more expensive. So I think you got to be if, full on big monsters, right? Like if you drop in a four drop, like this is not good, right? Like even a six I mean, drop is
0: questionable. It needs to be like a 10 drop or something, right?
2: I mean, but the, you but get that's the not its own upside option. of
0: repeatability, right. too. Like, the first one's gonna be six, but then after that, it starts. Uh, if you do two, then it's eight mana, and yeah. if you do three, then it's ten total mana. So, it, like, but that, that it means helps. you had to have like three I, eight drops in hand or something, right? Like, uh, yeah, but then you find one with zoological studies, so that finds you your big thing to put into Like I mean, I don't think it's a staple. I don't think i put it in any deck. I do think if you're someone who's playing Elvish Piper or Quicksilver Amulet and you're yeah. in green, I think this is the best version of this effect now. So if you want this effect, I think Monster Manual is the way to go. But I don't think it's so pushed that I'm like, every green deck, I'm going to slot this into it. Okay, so yeah. Quicksilver I, Amulet I is I don't think it's an
2: auto-include. Right? So my question yeah. to you, let's say you're a Quicksilver Amulet deck and you're in green. Is it better to play Monster Manual or just play more ramp.
0: Yeah. Like, like, and cut the amulet? Yeah, cut or... the amulet.
2: Like, instead of trying to cheat your creatures out, <laughs> you just play more ramp so you you can consistently get to the a right amount of mana to just, like, hard cast your creatures. I think I think the the problem,
1: like, with just getting more ramp is that, I, I mean, the, the nice thing about amulet is that you just have the reduced cost, and it depends on the deck, right? If you're just, like, loaded with mono 8 plus drops, I think there's not, you would have to ramp a lot. To, to like make
0: it so that Quicksilver amulet isn't as good. Yeah. And you can put the creatures into play instant speed, which is a nice oh, yeah, little yes, upside. True. We yeah. saw that Gets in some of our games where it's yeah. like, who wants to attack you when you leave the mana up? Because they're afraid you're going to drop some huge thing into play. So I, I think I would still play it. I, I over over just adding more ramp in my deck.
2: Okay. Uh, next up, Packed Weapon, three and a black. Artifact, equipment at Mythic, as long as packed weapon is attached to a creature, you don't lose the game for having zero or less life. Whenever equipped creature attacks, draw a card and reveal it. The creature gets plus X plus X until end of turn and you lose X life, where X is that card's mana value. Equip, discard a card. So Sword you a- of Bob <laughs> <laughs> is what people were calling it.
1: Can you uh a- can you equip this name. at instant speed?
0: No. No, same, Mm. same timing restriction. Mm. Then, yeah, no, this
1: isn't, this isn't good, but it is cool. It's a very cool card. I I like the flavor behind it. I think it's a, it's a fun one, but (laughs) I think if you were able to equip this at, 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 at instant speed, I, this would be a good card. This would be a very
0: good card. I mean, I think it's it's interesting to me. I think it's got a shot. I like the equip discarded card. That's a really low equip cost, especially when you're playing a card that allows you to refill your hand. I think that maybe its main home is gonna be decks that discarding a card at will is an upside where you can like fill your graveyard for animation or discard madness threats or something. I don't know. What about just as a generic equipment? You play a lot of equipment, Richard. Is this good so as bad. an equipment? So you so it, it like it counters itself right? Like for that pump
2: effect to be relevant, you want to like you know have a earthquake dragon you know, a fifteen drop on top right. But then you're gonna pay fifteen life for one card, and only saffron olive <laughs> would ever do that right. So That's if true. you want the more no realistic problem. thing, which is like draw a land off, take zero life, your creature didn't get pumped at all. It's just probably gonna die in combat. So and it's four mana. So I feel but, like you need to abuse the first and last one, right? Like for you somehow go below zero life or, or you know discard at instant speed or not instant speed, but like discard at will. Uh but the the actual bob part of it is kind of like do you play bob in commander? Like no, yes, right? not in my in my normally. humans deck. Ooh. Okay, I mean okay, CPH, I can see that, but it's very right? specific, right? Like you wouldn't just yeah. put a generic bob in, like so I don't no. know that path weapon. No. Really, especially a four mana Bob, right? That needs a combat uh so yeah i don't think it's good for a generic deck but there might be some combos with this thing
0: i mean you can like draw your entire deck with ad nauseum or whatever that's kind of that's something like because you can't die going to zero less life so mm, it's still four mana but i don't know There there's probably shenanigans with it it's, so, Angel's Grace. it's gonna it's gonna feel so bad when when they <laughs> remove your
1: thing in response
0: I mean, that also helps get around the, the loss of life if you have the Earthquake Dragon. And you can also do that if you put it on a life winker. Just That's because you're at zero life They
2: just remove the sword and you die,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, being at zero <laughs> doesn't mean you're good, right? <laughs> who who plays removal these days? Uh, uh, we, we are sweeper. talking... <laughs>
1: We are talking to Seth who that one clash. I watched him have the option to block but he chose to take more than lethal damage in hopes of keeping a platinum angel.
0: (laughs) And guess what? He was
1: immediately punished. (laughs) Sometimes you just gotta go for
0: it. See what happens.
2: Uh, Okay, Mirror of Life Trapping for generic uh, artifacts. When a creature ETBs, if it was cast, exile it, then return all other permanents exiled with Mirror of Life Trapping to the battlefield under their owner's control.
0: Okay, so this one, I have a very specific question for you. So obviously this can be like a weird panharmonicon for the whole table, where you play a creature, you get the ETB, then it gets exiled, then everyone gets to do that. The real question is, this is one of the few cards that can actually get rid of a commander forever. If you play your commander and choose to put it in exile, and then someone blows this up before there's another creature, you don't have the option to put it back in the command zone. You already chose to put it in the exile, and it's not changing zones. So the question is, you don't have another creature to follow this up with. Do you run out your commander with this on the table and just trust that it's it's going to be okay? Or is this a card that's just going to keep people from playing their commanders, essentially?
1: I like that it lives up to the name. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, like it could be yeah. life trapping for a commander. And I think that's hilarious. So I like it if only for that reason. Uh, and if I see this on the board, I will definitely blow it up if you play your commander into it. Oh, me too? <laughs> me? Everyone will. Like, you yeah, gotta yeah. take that chance. But. Right, right. So, like, this is a good old game of, uh, you know, good good old game of chicken here. Who's gonna play the commander into this? <laughs> I mean, would you play generic
2: creature into this? This is the same I thing. I You play yeah, happen, Drifter they blow it yeah. up and you just lost the creature? Well, but it's not your I commander. Mean, yeah. <laughs> If it were my
1: commander, I'm probably not doing it. I'll cast maybe generic creatures into this because then so, I can still benefit. So if from I
2: plop this down, y'all just gonna start casting creatures into it, hoping like this they, thing Oh works? yeah, Ooh, interesting. Oh, I
0: yeah. think so. Yeah, I, I don't know if I cast my commander though. Like even the non ETV creatures, non ETV creatures, just like you actually need a creature on the battlefield and you would just cast. I mean, into
2: this. what else am I
1: gonna do? Yeah,
0: yeah, you kind of have to, right? Are like, you just gonna wait until someone kills it? I would probably just, I, I, I would probably play normally, honestly. Interesting. Yeah, other than my normal. commander. I don't think I'd play my commander, but I think otherwise I'd play normal. Is,
2: is there some lock with this? Where you can just lock out all creatures from the game?
0: Uh, Not that I have found, because it, it also gets exiled when it... Wait, what? The mirror gets it,
2: exiled? No, when creature... If it was cast exiled, then oh return my,
0: all other permanents. Oh, I'm... No, I'm it I'm an idiot. I said that very wrong. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any way to, uh, I don't think there's any way to actually lock people out of it. I mean, I guess, uh, containment priest maybe because they'd be creatures entering the battlefield that weren't cast. Yeah. So containment so, priest, right. of but, this is like a lock on creatures, right? Hey. Yeah i mean i keep a two on the battle until, field, until, but, but that's until
2: well, but when i you don't remove know, it, if, everything comes people back are with, <laughs> so. people are upset with
1: people are upset with a one three so i think a tutu is also going to be pretty <laughs> difficult to deal with
0: <laughs> yeah it's true once it dies then everything would come back and if you didn't have your containment priest because <laughs> normally there'll only ever be one card under it right no i i think that's wrong they would all go there
2: right wait what does containment priest actually say
1: if a creature enters the battlefield, a non-token creature enters the battlefield, and if it wasn't cast, exile. Yeah, so they would
2: instead. get removed from the mirror and, like, removed permanently. And you go to real first. exile. Yeah, so there'd only yeah. be one creature under the, the thing. Yeah, so this would actually be a
0: good lock. Yeah, can could play that. Is it some sort of, like, really janky stack style deck. What could
2: be I- fun. <laughs> if I put all the real white stacks in there, then how do you feel about that? <laughs> 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 it's in the perfect colors, right?
1: Um, yeah.
2: Of, of colorless. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, next card Wind Shaper, Planeter uh, 4 and a white, 4-4 four, four. Creature Angel, Flash Flying When the ETBs during Declare Attacker Step. For each attacking creature you may reselect which player or Planeswalker that creature is attacking. Is this good? <laughs> I
0: think like, it's floors a fog, right? It fo- fogs for you at least. Like, you get to redirect everything. So, worst case, you prevent all the damage... Best case, maybe you'd slam some little creatures into someone who has big creatures and they trade off or you deal some damage to someone, but it's also five mana. This card, I've really been on the fence. Like, do I just jam this in every deck to mess with people or is it too underpowered? I love my gotcha cards.
1: And to me, this kind of looks like Tobias Fünke from Arrested Development (laughs) with Angel Wings. So... Like when you put it that like, way, yeah, like, see I'm, this uh, yeah, like yeah. that's David Cross on the card. And I'm letting y'all know that he, now. He,
0: he blew himself. That's for yeah, sure. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and that, and with that in mind, it made me love this card, but I, I don't know if this is a, a generic card, right? The problem is it's five mana.
2: Like if you could actually yeah. cast yeah. it at will, it's a hilarious, like someone crater hoofs. Like, you can just <laughs> redirect wherever you want, right? Except for the Unless you're attacker. the only other person. Yeah, so, like, you, you can murder people quite easily here, right? Like, yeah, just being able to control combat. The problem is it's five mana, so you're going to hold five mana for the ability to do this. So that one is a little awkward. So angel decks, definitely. But generic deck, like, hilarious troll card, but is it good? <laughs> or should you hold up mana to, like, do this? i mean it's a that's a lot five mana to windmill slam to buy his
0: fume k yeah i would, I would pay five mana <laughs> uh, i would do that i mean plus crim in crim decks it might be even better because crim loves leaving up mana so what's there's not yep. much of a downside yeah
2: yeah
0: i guess that's also true <laughs> i'd play it in angels for sure i don't think i jam in just any deck but i don't know Probably some non-angel decks. I do think it'll be fun to resolve. Like, I just... I want to resolve it because it just seems, like, so chaotic and, like, when you actually get it down at the right time, it seems very powerful. Question is, do you want to leave up five mana all the time? In most decks, do Yes. Don't. <laughs> unless you're crim then most decks do yes I do want all my decks leave up <laughs> alright
2: last last card cut a deal so I, I've, I went to the future and pulled so many fish mail, and everyone's asking about cut a deal so uh, two and a white sorcery each opponent draws a card then you draw a card for each opponent who drew this way uh, so basically secret rendezvous but spread out your opponents each draw one card For three total, you draw three cards. Is it better or worse than Secret Rendezvous? And I think it is worse than Secret Rendezvous, although still very good. So you would play both, but Secret Rendezvous allows you to concentrate the cards where it's most valuable for you. So uh, someone who can't use the cards or a friend, uh, this card will give cards to the people you're most afraid of right or you know like you know if you're a creature deck there's a control deck or something they're getting a card you don't want that you want to give the cards to a miserable buddy like you so i i think secret rendezvous is better um what do you guys think i i think the card is a little bit poo poo but
1: but i you know you
2: know there there's
1: there's a better card i actually I, i think there's actually a better card in this set that i think you would actually enjoy the divination which is
2: yeah, your yeah. your
1: temple is under attack, right? Yep, yep. That's that's actually better because it's instant speed and it also doubles back as a way to like protect your stuff. So, I really like that spell over both Se- a secret rendezvous and the one that just was mentioned.
0: I think cut a deal is definitely worse than secret rendezvous for the reasons richard said like a big part of the power of secret rendezvous is you do have a lot of control over it You give it to the 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 main Who what's he gonna do with his cards or you give it to someone to <laughs> not without land you are um <laughs> or you give it to someone who who you can make a friend out of and get a favor for later and you can't really do this with cut a deal That's what I'm warming up to it, being something that I would play in a lot of white decks. When I first read it, I was kind of like, I don't want to benefit the person that's ahead. I prefer cards that I can control and only benefit one opponent rather than benefit the whole table. Then you're kind of a group hug card. But still, to draw three for three. It's only one card to each opponent. I guess in some ways it's nice that it's spread out. No one's getting a huge advantage out of it except for you. So I do think it's probably worth playing although if we keep getting more and more secret rendezvous like the one krim mentioned your temple is under attack maybe you just don't even need this and you can just play all secret rendezvous effects and be happy with it
2: yeah i mean they printed two in the same set so wizards clearly thinks this effect is trash and like you know white (laughs) needs more so they're gonna keep making them but as of now i play all of them like they're all good uh this one is not like Even if you give your arch enemy a card, like table wise, right? The table went up five, arch enemy went up one. So you're still like going, you're still coming out ahead, right? So it's not that bad in that case, right? So it's still a really good card. And, you know, when we get eight of these effects, I guess we can start ranking them to see which ones you play. But I actually put secret rendezvous first and then your temples under attack and then cut a deal. Uh, like three mana look, draw three is where it's at right like a divination is whatever right like a divination all colors have access to but a three mana draw a three it's is so
1: much better than a divination it is
2: okay it's a flex card right but for like raw card draw like i think secret rendezvous is just that's six cards right uh three for you three for a friend uh or you know three for you and three for an opponent right so i like secret rendezvous still but i can see the argument But I can't see why anyone would say cut a deal is better than Rendezvous. When I read the Reddit thread, I was like very confused why people thought this was fixed secret Rendezvous. (laughs) And I still don't understand it after reading all the comments. <laughs> I,
0: I, I think that people just don't understand the power of politics in Commander. <laughs> I, I think that's gotta be what it comes down to, the upside of giving of giving another player something. Like that's actually really, really powerful and it's a upside rather than a downside. I just politics. don't think you can that... play
2: on mute and have zero deals at Secret <laughs> Rendezvous is still much stronger, right? Like you just give the person <laughs> whose cards are ineffective against you, right? Like they can have all the cards they want, they do nothing, right? Like so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I think that's all the previews we wanted to get over. Uh, so check out mdgpreviews.com. Uh, this week, we're getting the, the Commander Precon. So we're, we're still not done. We're still not done with Boulder's Gate. More cards coming.
0: Yeah, those, those will be coming out today and tomorrow. And then we actually will have the full, full set. So before we get to Fishmail, a couple other really quick topics. One is... They announced that Commander Legends: Battle for Baldur's Gate not coming to Magic Online. Uh, this is the first time, in, in quite a while, there's been a set like this that just did not show up on the client altogether. They're going to release some cards through treasure chests. Uh, not super excited for that, just because the last few sets, when they say that, it's been a very small number of cards, and mostly not the exciting ones that might be hard to program. It's the the boring, <laughs> easy ones, and only a few of them. What do you guys think about the fact that this set uh the first one did come to Moto, but what do you think about the the set not coming to Magic Online? You know, the technology's just not there yet.
2: <laughs> you know what <laughs> funny oh. it is there. They actually did the first Boulders Gate. So they actually can do commander <laughs> or the first Commander Legends. They can actually do Commander Draft, but I think their reasoning is like no one played it. We made no money, so we're not gonna invest the money to make this draftable format on Moto, which I can respect. Um this follows all supplemental products. Basically, if something is legacy playable, they might add it eventually in a treasure chest. Uh, but other than that, they're just gonna add a few cards. It's a little sad because there's so many like playable cards here, like especially at the lower rarities, uh, that you know you can make a really sweet budget deck or whatever, right? But you're not gonna be able to play with them, so. I'm still waiting for a Cale
0: map. Like, it's like eight sets old or something at this point, but
2: <laughs> it's not happening.
0: I'm not, like, super disappointed that the draft format isn't there, although I'm sure that matters to, to some other people. But I'm mostly disappointed that the cards just aren't going to be there to play with in Commander. That's one of my disappointments with current magic is Commander so popular, but Wizards has just not really figured out a good way to let people play it online. It doesn't exist on Arena. Moto would exist, but they're not putting on these new experiences exciting cards so then you got that downside i guess you got spell table but that comes with its own issues with gonties and various things so yeah i hope they i hope they figure that out whether it's magic online or not i do think that everyone would benefit from a a better way of playing commander you know from the comfort of your own home online Baldur's gates coming on magic arena right Sort of. <laughs> it's coming. It's speaking. That was our other quick topic. Uh, we have an alchemy set for Commander Legends Ball of Gate. We don't really know what that means yet. We know it'll have some cards from the set, some digital only cards, some remix versions of cards from the set. So we'll see exactly how much of it we get on Arena. The more important news, though, is uh, Wizards announced some economic improvements four alchemy on arena two of them which are not super huge improvements but they are improvements one of them is there's going to be a draft format where one of the cards in the pack is going to be an alchemy card so you draft streets a new can but with a little alchemy mixed in so a way you can get alchemy cards without just spending your wild cards you can do it through limited the other news was they're gonna make less rares in alchemy and more uncommons in alchemy which is an improvement. We'll see how the numbers shake out. Do they make, you know, two less rares and two more uncommons? Or is it actually a big shift where like 10 less rares, 10 more uncommons? That would actually be a pretty big deal. Do you guys think this is going to change anything? We got this huge alchemy release coming up. There's no standard set until September. Wizards wants people to play alchemy this summer. Is this going to work? Do these changes change anything? I don't think
1: so because I kind of had this discussion on, on my stream and whatnot. And I, I at first yes the al like the uh, economy is a big part of this why people just won't play uh because if anything happens you know w- you should get your wild cards back I fully agree the economy is absolutely awful when it comes to alchemy but I first off I don't know if this is enough of a fix I still think that they need to somehow find a way to just pretty much make the next four alchemy sets all uncommons and then maybe right uh but like there's also on top of that there's the additional part that Magic players just don't like digital cards. They yeah. just don't, they just don't like digital cards. Like it is, it is blasphemy to the game, uh, to, to most people. So that, that, that play magic and that's fine. I, I mean, like, but that just means that magic itself will all like just can't really explore the digital space because I just don't think people will
2: enjoy it. Yeah, I I think the damage is done. Like if you're a new player and you're like, oh, what is this alchemy thing? Let me go on YouTube and, you know, search (laughs) it. And you search alchemy. And then the top 10 results are people complaining about alchemy uh, based on outdated information because alchemy has changed by now. Like it's too late, right? Like the PR damage is out there. It has a bad rap. I, I don't know how they could fix it. So I feel it's too little too late. And it's not even like it's that generous, right? It's just like slightly better. Like I think they would have to make it free. And then see if people actually play it. Um, But so, like, I think the slight improvement won't make people bust out their wallets and play alchemy so but you know you never know so we'll see
0: yeah i think wizards needs to take more drastic action to to try to save the format and i was thinking the same thing like rather than like oh we're gonna cut back a few rares and add some more uncommons which is undoubtedly an improvement i don't want to poo poo it or whatever but i think that if they really want a chance to save this format they do need to do something like we're just giving everyone streets of New pen alchemy everyone those cards are going in your collection we want you to check out those format, you know, play these new cards on us. Maybe, maybe something like that could get people to try the format, get people invested in the format, get them coming back for the next release. And then Wizards could start hopefully in a more generous way with more uncommons, all uncommons, however they do it. Maybe that would have a chance. So I think that these changes, while definitely positive, are just so small that I think that, as Richard said, and Krim also said, the, the damage is done at this point, and I don't think it's going to be enough to get people to start really actively playing the format. Anyway, I think those were all of our topics. We got a couple minutes. Richard, maybe we can do a fish mail or two. All right. If you have questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish
2: with the hashtag mtgfishmail, Mail. We'll get to your questions. On air. Uh, at What Are You Doing 17? I know Wizards play testing is a bit of an oxymoron, but how much of the process do y'all know? Have they ever asked you to do playtesting? I'll admit I tested companions and it felt hard to assess them in a vacuum.
0: Ooh. Well, I didn't i didn't know that wizards had non-wizards people do play testing at this point i know in the early days of magic it was kind of like that where there were random groups of people who do play testing i've never play tested cards before uh before they were released and I didn't even realize that was something that commonly happened. I've heard a few stories of like people on the RC for commander having input on some commander sets or whatever, but yeah, I've I've never got to play with cards early and I honestly don't know outside of them having a play test team that they created a few years ago, uh the play design team which part of their job is to play test stuff. I really don't know the ins and outs of their play testing process.
2: Yeah, I I
0: think this is tough.
2: I, I think, like, it's
0: impossible for a a team to
2: do it. Like, if you really want to balance the format, you need, like, a beta or something like that, right? But then if you play all the cards in the beta, why would you play the real thing? Like, that's kind of the problem. But, like, there's just no way, right? And we know how the metagame moves based on, like, pro players and secret tech that comes out and whatnot. So I think it's actually kind of impossible. But I do think they should do a better job. Um like they, they, they've had quite a few misses in the most recent years. So I, I don't know what the compromise is, but other games do this with a beta test. And maybe they just do a client with no art, change all the card names, and you just play random faceless cards. <laughs> That's how they test power level and stuff. But Ooh, I don't know. That sounds
1: painful. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Corel underscore. How many cards do you think a digital client can be missing before a format should be renamed? For example, pioneer and explorer on arena, and then commander on moto is getting close. <laughs> uh, oh. That's so true. Commander? Should we rename Commander Clash?
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, that like that. Okay, right before as we we're filming this, we are recording Commander Clash. Right, right after this, and the thing here is, I was building my deck right that I had in paper. And I was like, okay, I'm playing this in paper. It's one of my new decks. Can't wait. I'm going to try it out on Clash. Go to Card Hoarder. Look at my thing online. And there's like 30 red outlines (laughs) from from all the cards. I'm like, am I mono red? What is this? like, what happened? Where's my deck? So, you know, Coral is not exactly wrong here. I mean, pretty soon... (laughs) i don't know we can call it a middle middle middle-sized leaders how about that (laughs) middle-sized leaders
0: (laughs) Ah, i don't know where the cutoff is honestly like how many cards it takes for it to be different i feel like commander on magic online feels like commander to me i know there's some stuff missing and maybe it's partly because it's a casual format so replacing stuff isn't as painful necessarily as if you didn't have a whatever ragavan for modern that's a uh, really going to change the decks that you can play when in commander if you don't have a gear for a while well then i guess you're not playing gear deck but you can just play another boros deck so as frustrating as it is that we don't get all the cards it still feels like commander i think that the differences between pioneer and explorer definitely deserve uh to have the formats have different names though at this point like i think that was correct and i would assume you have to pretty much have at least all the top tier decks on the client and most of the cards before you can change the name over. If there's a, you know some random like the this set specific version of disenchant that we get every set and most of them are not going to see play because they're strictly worse than the the best version. Like if all of those cards don't make it, I'd be fine with still calling it Pioneer, but. I think it's gotta be pretty close. You gotta you gotta be pretty close if you're gonna use the same name. Yeah,
2: I think Commander is actually getting there though. Like we we're missing we were missing Staples for a while. Like Cursed Mirror, uh Archaomancer's map is still missing. So at some point it will diverge, but hopefully we never see that. <laughs> like, you know, if it's a handful of cards fine, but can you imagine if like Teferi's protection or something like never made it on? Like you're you're kind of playing a different format, yeah. right? So we'll see with commander legends 2 what they put on and like what staples are missing in the long run but at some point it will be different i think for commander though the pool is so deep it's not as relevant plus like what are you going to do like not play it like there's no other place to play it right so uh, that that is also a consideration uh, all right so thank you for all the questions people sent in if you have questions send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag mpgfishmail.
0: and we'll get to your questions on air and i believe that brings us to the end of episode 383 of the mtg goldfish podcast so richard Krim, thanks for hanging out thanks to everyone for listening thanks to card conduit for supporting the show and we'll be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic so until then have a lovely week everyone and this is a crew signing out